Father, for esteeming yourself great in our midst. In Jesus' name, have we all prayed with thanksgiving. And let all the believers say a very big Amen. Oh, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad that in Pensa Week we have our primary school students and our high school students with us. Hallelujah. So we are all celebrating the week together. Praise the Lord. God bless you very much. Like I said, today we're talking about the Lord is with you. 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 I want you to hit your chest and say, The Lord is with you. You know, this statement speaks volume. And when you think about the words and you meditate on the words, you realize that it's a very powerful statement. Now, the first emphasis that you should draw your attention to is the Lord. The Lord. Then it says, the Lord is with you. Now, so many of us, we have been following celebrities on the social media. We are young men and young women. Today, everybody of us, we are all students. We are all young men and young women. Hallelujah. So we are, we are going into a trend. You know, in our age and in our generation, we follow the uh, Kidashians and then the uh, Ronaldos and the rest. Now, these celebrities, when they get to certain places where they have um, functions, they are protected by security guards. So because they have their security guards with them, they have some sense of um, um, protection. Now, when the president is coming, or the prime minister, I don't know for no, but when the president is coming, at least there is secret service. For example, if the US president is coming to, example, Norway, the secret service may come days before he even comes. They will check every route that he's going to take. The food he's going to eat, I, I, I was listening to a documentary, even the food he eats, he brings his chefs to come and prepare the food with him, uh, for him. So who you come with gives you a sense of confidence and assurance. Are you following me? So when I am walking and I know that I have a thick tall man with me and somebody is coming to attack me, I'm not afraid. Why? Because I know I have a backup. If you fool, they'll ship you. So I come and then when you come and challenge me, I'll come at you. So the theme is telling us that the Lord is with us. Now, for a moment, I just want you to let this theme sink into your spirit. Now, it is not just any security man that is with you. It is not just any, um, how do you call it, body uh, weight lifter that is with you, those with you know, the, big, the big chest. And, they are not those following you. It is not somebody trained in, um, how do you call it, Kung Fu and, and, uh, and yeah, how do you call it? Martial arts. These are not the people following you. It is the Lord that is with you. Now, the one who created all things, the one who made the heavens and the earth and made everything that exists in it, the one who made every living thing and expects everything to give him worship, he's the one with you. Are you following me? So the theme alone comes with a whole, how do you call it, revelation. That as Christians, we have someone with us. It is not just an ordinary person. He's the Lord Almighty. He's the sovereign God. And he told Job that who actually dictates for me? Who actually counsels me? So he's the one who takes no counsel. Even for the security people, you, the, the one who has employed them, you have the chance to tell them what to do. Yes. But he's God Almighty. And he's the one who is with you. Praise God. So the Lord is with you. That is the theme. I've even finished preaching. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. But I can't finish preaching without quoting a scripture. 
Hallelujah. Or else my Bible school I went to, I didn't finish. Hallelujah. So if you have finished preaching, you have to read the scripture. Hallelujah. Now, tonight, we want to look at a young man, Joshua. We'll look at other people, but our central focus will be on one man, Joshua. Now, as we read through Joshua, I want you to create a, a, a mental picture in your mind as we all go through the scripture. Try to relate to what is happening to Joshua at the moment. And afterwards, I will just ask people, what do you feel Joshua was feeling at that moment? For you to appreciate the statement, the Lord is with you. You first need to empathize with Joshua in his current situation. Are you following me? For us to appreciate and understand why it is so important for God to repeat, I'll be with you for three times to one person, we need to first understand the situation the person was in. Are you following me? Now, for us to start, I'll first pick it up from Moses. So Moses is about to leave. God has told him, Moses, you have done well. You have tried. You have led the people for 40 years. But you disobeyed me. And because of that, I've cut short your journey. You are going to die. You won't cross over to the Jordan. At least I'll do you a favor. Your eyes will see. Your eyes will see the promised land. By your feet, dear. Joshua, um, Moses, I'm sorry. You can't go. Now, Deuteronomy is Moses' how do you call it? Last words to the people. Now, and in his last words in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, this is what he tells the people. He says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. So he's talking about the people they are going to fix. He says, Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I repeat it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, so Moses has said this to the congregation. Now, if he has said this to the congregation, then obviously his apprentice, Joshua, should have had one-on-one -on -one with him. Because if Moses is going, at least he knows that I have trained someone. And even if God asks him, Moses, who do you want to do handing over to? He will say, I want Joshua to be the one I'll hand over to. So Joshua, throughout the, 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 the leadership journey of Moses with the Israelites, Joshua was a second, um, no, let me use the right word. Because if I use second hand, someone will argue that Aaron was Moses' second hand. So he was his apprentice. The apprentice would be a good word. So he was under study from Moses. Everywhere Moses went, Joshua was also there with him. Unless maybe God asked him to remain at a certain level, and then Moses would go up there. Every time he moves with him. So when it comes to knowing the the, the nitty-gritties of the job, as it relates to leading the people of Israel, he knows. When it comes to who benefits from, you know, sometimes when you're working with the leader, he, you, 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 he, he, he tends to share some experiences with you that other people cannot hear. So in Moses' last words, he may not share everything with them, but Joshua, who was his apprentice, may have learned a lot from him just by the reason of being his apprentice. Are you following me? So, we then go to Joshua chapter 1. So now Moses is gone. Now, this is what I want you to picture. He has heard Moses say this, be strong and courageous. Now let's go to Joshua chapter 1. If, if they can show my slides, I'll be very grateful. 
Joshua chapter 1, we'll read 1 to 9. And let's go together. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, after the death of Moses, now I want you to follow me. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. So God is acknowledging. Now I've, I've accepted that the death certificate has been signed. Moses, my servant, is dead. He's not coming. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Let's continue. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I've highlighted it again. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Remember Deuteronomy 31 by 6. Moses is telling the people, be strong and courageous. God is telling the leader. Now, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Then God repeats it again. Be strong and courageous. So there's a repeat of the be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. That you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. How many times has he said be strong and courageous? Three times. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you follow the story, what do you feel at that moment was, 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 in, was um, Joshua's state of mind? The psychologists are here. <laughs> what do you feel at that moment was Joshua's state of mind? Now, you see, this was a moment of transition for all the Israelites. They were used to Moses and his leadership because the people that came from Egypt had died in the wilderness. Except Caleb and Joshua, all those that came with Moses from Egypt had died. So this is a new generation that has come up. And a new generation may have not been used to the ways in Egypt, but they are used to Moses and the way Moses does things. They are accustomed to Moses and the way God speaks to the people through him. The works, the wonders, and the miracles that Moses does. The people are used to him. And now it looks like Moses, the one who we thought is taking us to the promised land, has left. And now somebody has to take the scene. So Joshua didn't come. Hey, Moses is gone. Me, I've come to take over. I've come to stand there. All of you, go away. But he, he gets into a stage where that process of transition actually shakes he himself. Praise God. The transition shakes himself. If you pay attention to, to, the, to the narrative very well. So God is trying to get 
Joshua to be strong and courageous. And God is repeating that three times. Why? Because the man is frenzied about the task. Every new chapter or every new transition or every transition, transition is new. So every transition comes with its own tasks. And when the man thinks about the task and when he looks at the responsibilities that comes with the task, he's afraid. Are you following me? Now, you see, in moments of transition, or the moment of transition is a process or a period from you changing from one condition to another. Some of us, our moment of transition may be the moment we are trying to move from being single to being married. It's a tough decision. Some people are really afraid to get married. Some of us, our, our moment of transition is when we are moving from our bachelor's to our master's because it looks like a new step. It looks like a new level. It comes with its own changes in the things and the requirements of you. Praise God. Now, some of us, our moment of transition is when our children are probably leaving primary school to high school or probably leaving high school to the, to the, um, to the colleges. These are moments of transition and as parents, we are frenzied about the task and about the responsibilities. Because you think about when my child gets to this high school or when he goes to the college, he's opened up to the society. In this society where we think that there is moral degradation, my child is going to enter into this system and what is going to come of my child. So the next step makes us call inside. So any moment of transition comes with a responsibility. And that responsibility can make you shake. Praise God. You know, before I got married, I heard of people giving testimonies that, you know, sometimes even... Uh, the, the, uh, how do you call it? The moment, the day before you go to the water, sometimes you, you sit down and ask yourself, hey, am I really serious? I want to do this. Hey, am I really serious? Some people actually are, are afraid that even when it is time for, even them, for them to get from the car and then march, they are thinking, hey, like, am I really serious? This is a life lock, something. No. Am I really serious? I want to commend myself. So, because they believe that before they exchange the vows, for that one, they, they, have, they have the right to say no. Or until they get there, I have to do it. So they are, they, are, they are quelling up. They are afraid. So now I want to ask you, what is your moment of transition? What transition are you going through that is making you quail within? What sudden change is coming your way? Some of us, it's just promotion in our jobs. Maybe we used to be, how do you call it? Um, we used to be, uh, I won't I, I use common members. We used to be uh, no, uh, the first level. Let me go to the first level. For, for better choice of words. Entry level. Entry level, thank you. And by the grace of God, promotion came, you applied. You know, sometimes the promotion came, you applied. And when you applied, you got the promotion. Now even, you're thinking about, hey, now that I'm going to be a supervisor, what is it going to be? Are you following me? So that moment of transition. Some of us, we are um, um, students that left Ghana, and we have come to Norway. And it's a moment of transition for us. Different system, different culture, all together. Moment of transition. Tonight, I want you to join Joshua in this, in this I want you to be real with yourself. And just, you know, connect yourself with Joshua. And you appreciate what Joshua was feeling. As I walk you through what is happening to Joshua in his state of mind. Now, a man, a man of God said, a man, William Bridges, said something, which I want us to take note of. He says, Change is situational, so we change based on situations. Transition, on the other hand, is psychological. 
my, my professor is here, so I'm, I'm very careful, hallelujah, not to commend myself, else I would have to write a thesis, hallelujah. So change is situational. So uh, it's a quote, which I think expresses what I said. So maybe if I'm wrong, then the quote is wrong, hallelujah. I'm saying this because they are, they are, we are intellectuals. Students are intellectuals. So I need to give my quote and give it where, hallelujah. So change is situational. So based on the situation, you change. So people change based on the situation. So for example, when um, you used to, uh, some of us, when we used, uh, maybe when you used to work entry level, maybe you got to 20,000. So you used to drive this small, small, small tickle cars. No. But now that you, are, you, have, you have gotten to the next level, your situation has changed. So now you earn big money. So now you are, you are in Tesla and the rest. Hallelujah. Because you can afford to pay for a car loan. Hallelujah. So because your situation has changed, because your situation has, has shifted, there's a change. Even in the way you do things. Even when you come to church, the way you walk, things have changed. When you used to, do, when you used to drive the Tico, you put the car key in your pocket. But now when you're coming, the car key is with, is with you. Hallelujah. Because it's Tesla. Hallelujah. So... But transition, on the other hand, is psychological. And that is why it is difficult for people to transition. Because it has to deal with their mind. Are you following me? It is not just the situation, because when it comes to the situation, then Joshua could have just changed everything. Because Moses is left. He knows Moses is dead. But at the end of the day, in his mind, he looks like he's quelled in. The situation is not... The, 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 the conditions surrounding the situation is not allowing the man because his mind, he has done some calculations in his mind. And that calculations is inhibiting him from actually releasing himself to do what he has been, he has been asked to do. And he says, it is not those events, but rather the inner orientation or self-redefinition that you have to go through in order to incorporate any of those changes in your life without transition a change is just a rearrangement of furniture. It says, without transition, a change is just a rearrangement of furniture. Unless transition happens, the change won't work because it doesn't take. Hallelujah. So changes just come, oh, the situation has, maybe today you want to shift your TV from this place to the other place. So, oh, let me change the furniture. So situations, so you change. Maybe I'm having visitors today. My kitchen is too small. The, uh, I have to extend the table. So let, let me bring it to the hall. And because of that, I'm shifting the furniture. That is change. But transition would have to take you. Maybe you want to change the whole hall together and move so many things. And that has to do with a conscious effort, a mental effort. Maybe one person will say, oh, I like the way this is. I like this. Then you have to engage in a conscious discussion to be able to come to a resolution. Hallelujah. And when a transition happens, that is when a change is permanent. Because without transition, a change is just situational. You can come back to the things you used to do. Are you following me? Yes. Good. Now, let's look at Joshua in his moment of transition. What were his challenges in his moment of transition? So the man is in his moment of transition. And as I was reading the scripture, I could see two things, which I think we as students, as young people, could relate to. Number one, he had a challenge of his past achievement and failures. He could, now, God was telling him that, Joshua, you know, now it is your turn to, 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 to lead the people. Instantly, Joshua's mind will flash through the past 40 years he has worked with Moses. Instantly, his mind will go there. Then, even the things that on a natural sense, 
he wouldn't even recollect. His mind begins to recollect. Hey, okay, when I was with uh, Moses, these people were stubborn. We even went up there for the, for the how do you call it, Ten Commandments. By the time we came, these people had done this. It is because of these same people. They are complaining, 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 complaining. That my master himself died. Hey, so if, if these people are the same people I'm going to lead, hey, then what will happen to me? Now, he starts to think about his past achievement when Moses was alive. Moses, Her, and Aaron went um, on top of the mountain with uh, Moses' hand lifted. Joshua was the one who led the battle. Joshua led the battle. So he may have thought of his past experience. He may have thought, hey, maybe my achievement was because Moses, Aaron, and Her were up there. Now, Moses and Aaron are gone. So how would I do all those achievements? So God is saying, I'll be with you. As I would Moses, Moses is gone. So then instantly, the man's mind begins to go back to his past achievements and to his past failures. So many of us, in our moment of transition, that is when we begin to think about our past. Oh, maybe when you were doing um, your bachelor's, now you are, you are here for your master's program. Maybe when you're doing your bachelor's, this and this and this and this were the things that you faced. So now you are looking into your, 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 your master's program and you are, you, are, you are trying to call up. Why? Because your past failures has started coming into your mind. Maybe you, uh, in, your, in your bachelor's thesis, you had a difficult super, um, um, supervisor. A supervisor who stretched you a lot. Writing, writing, um, collecting your data, he will tell you, no, I don't want this. Your result is not this. Go and do this. Go and do this. And you're thinking, so if I'm going to do a thesis in my master's program, how is that also going to be like? So your past failures and your achievement, it begins to click. Are you following me? So it is when you are in the moment of transition that all these things, all these memories begins to come. Another thing that I see is that Joshua at that moment has some uncertainty about the future. Because actually, you know, you may never know the full, the, uh, um, the full details of the future. And because you don't know the full details of the future, let's be frank, sometimes it is very risky taking a step. Hello? God has said, I'll be with you, as I was in Moses. He was with Moses, but the people frustrated him, and he died. What shows that in the future, these same people won't frustrate me? Look into the future. The man begins to think, hey, so what if in the future, these same people, when we get to the promised land, they tell me that, now nah, I don't want a leader again, so I'm going to destroy you. What will happen? In Moses' time, when God has sent him, and had worked miracles, when they were in the wilderness, two people got up, and they challenged his leadership. Even Aaron, they challenged his leadership. How much more me? So when a man begins to think about the future, and uncertainties about the future, he begins to sit down and he's quiet. Some of us, we have come here for our next level of education. Maybe it's, you just came in um, to, to Norway. You don't know what is next for you. Maybe oh, after my two years, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Maybe uh, after I finish my, my master's uh, program, maybe I'll, I'll get a PhD. You are praying to God, I'll get a PhD. Some of you, you are praying that we'll get a job. Uncertainty. You don't know what is going to happen to you. And because of that, you are coiling up within yourself. You are afraid. And even though you are in Norway, you are, you are here in person, but your spirit is somewhere else. Why? Because the transition is difficult for you. And there was a, a study I read about migrant students when they come to um, um, foreign countries. For the first one year, they, some of them go through a lot of depression. Why? Because the adjustment is difficult for them. But thanks be to God that in his word, he's given us something that we can use. That tonight, if you are in that stage where you are afraid, 
of taking that next step. You are afraid of allowing yourself to, to take full opportunity of what God is giving to you at this moment. I pray that tonight, God will grant you the grace to fully walk into this opportunity. That you won't be one way in this, in this level and one way thinking about what is happening behind you. That you shall fully think about that new transition that is happening to you. Hallelujah. Now, I want to zero in a little on that statement. Even Now let's look at Joshua's dilemma. So he's thinking about the past. He knows. I know deep within Joshua, he knew that I'm going to lead the people. Now, he's thinking about the, the past. He's thinking about the future. Now, when God is also speaking to him, God says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, you are going to lead the people. And God gave him a promise. And the promise is that, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, as I was reading this scripture, I paused a little to, let, to just pay attention. As I was with Moses. As I was with Moses. As I was with Moses. Now, Joshua will think, number one, Moses was a very great and adorable leader. The people of Israel don't joke with Moses. Even up to now, the Judeans don't joke with Moses. Hallelujah. Number two, he will think about the many miracles that Joshua performed. Uh, sorry, Moses. For all the 40 years, he, uh, um, when the, the, the um, how do you call it? Let me start from um, Egypt. The, the 10 plagues to the Red Sea. Then they came to wilderness. Water, then many times they needed water. They needed fish. They needed bread. Every moment of the way, all these miracles, the man was doing. And even sometimes he can go to talk to God and the people can say that, Charlie, this, this person, God is with him. He will come back and when you see his face, it's all shining. So he's saying that, as I was with, with this man. Now, he knew the miracles that Moses performed. Now, it also brings the idea of the stress of the work. Now, when you read Exodus chapter 18, verse 13, you would appreciate that from morning to evening, Moses will be sitting to judge. And obviously, Joshua, his aide, will be there too. So he knows the stress that every morning to evening, this man will be sitting, this person will come, this is happening to me, that is happening to me. So he knows the stress. Now, as I've mentioned before, he also knows how difficult these Israelites are. So God is saying that, you see, Moses was successful in his endeavors. He was able to do all the things he was able to do because I was with him. So God was trying to reveal something to Joshua. That the reason why Joshua was able to do that, uh, sorry, Moses was able to do the things he did, the secret was that I was with him. So as I was with Moses, so I am going to be with you. So then God is trying to say to him that irrespective of what you're thinking, irrespective of what you may have been seeing, because you may have seen Moses suffering because of the stress. You may have seen Moses always complaining because the people were complaining. He may have seen Moses spending time to wait on the Lord. He may have seen all these things. And maybe he may have seen Moses not even having time for his wife and his children. He may have seen all these things. But as I was with Moses, as I gave Moses the grace to be able to lead the people for 40 years, so I will also be with you. So that means that the challenges and the pictures you're having at the back of your mind doesn't succumb to my power and my ability and my grace to see you through the journey. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Now, 
Let's look at how this scripture manifested. How this scripture manifested. And I have a, I have a nice table here. So we see that Moses' assignment was to take the people from the promise uh, from Egypt to the promised land, but he got halfway. He got them right to the edge of Jordan. But Joshua's assignment started right from the, the, um, the how do you call it, from Jordan to the promised land. Are you following me? Now, Moses' exodus, I mean, when I mean exodus, that means transition from one place to another started with the Red Sea. Now, in the same way, when God was with Joshua, his exodus, that means transitioning from the wilderness to the promised land, was with the Jordan River. In both cases, God opened and the people walked on dry land. So that was a first confirmation of his word. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So as Moses led the people through the Red Sea, so I'm going to lead your people also through the Jordan. They will walk on foot, not by ship. Hallelujah. Now, this is something very interesting I want you to note. God led the Israelites on the wilderness with a pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. During, how do you call it, Joshua's time, God didn't do that. Pay attention to me. During Joshua's time, he says, wherever you go, I will be with you. So, in Joshua's, in Moses' time, God led him by pillar of fire and pillar of cloud. But in Joshua's time, God says, wherever you set your foot, I will be with you. Another difference, you see, God said, I'll be with you, these two people. Now, God provides food and water through miracles for the people. But immediately the people cross the river Jordan. Everything stops. They start eating from the land. Now, why am I saying this? Now, your assignment determines God's dealings with you. That is why I started by, by taking us through the promise, the Red Sea, and then the wilderness. Now, Joshua's, sorry, Moses' assignment was to lead a people through a wilderness. And they were going to journey for about um, um, 40 years. Now, in that journey, God himself was leading the people as they were wandering. So God will move to this place. The people will go. They will move here. And they will, they will roam about in that same wilderness. So they had to be led. But when he came to Joshua's assignment, his assignment was not to walk the people through the wilderness, but his assignment was to lead the people to possess. So they were going to fight. So God says that whatever city you go to, I will be with you. So they didn't need that leadership with a pillar of fire and pillar of cloud. But what they needed was faith to go to a place and God said, I will be with you. So your assignment determines God's dealings with you. So the fact that God dealt with me this way, doesn't mean that God would deal with you the same way. You know, let's stop the comparisons. And sometimes when we are encouraging the young ones or the new people, let's tell them that, you see, God dealt with me this way, but he may deal with you differently because your assignment may be different from mine. Some of you, you may be here, maybe because you have to do your PhD and then continue, so God will deal with you differently. Someone may be here, for his master's program, and after the master's program, will venture into career. That is the person's different path, and God will deal with us differently. So although God has promised, I will be with you, as I was with Joshua, God didn't lead Joshua with a pillar of fire and pillar of cloud, 
but he was still with him. So God's promise that I am with you doesn't mean he's going to be stereotyped with all of us, but he will deal with us differently. So I appreciate the process that God will take you through. I appreciate the process. I appreciate the process. I appreciate the process. I appreciate the process. Now, like I've mentioned, Joshua entered into a, 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 a dimension of an uncertain future. He didn't know what to do. He was quelled up because his future looked so oblique. He was, he was, he was worried about the future. Now, God's um, um, pronouncement to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. When is someone strong? And when is someone courageous? When the person is afraid? When the person is weak? So when God is saying three times, Joshua, be strong and courageous, then this is what God is saying. That Joshua, I know that you are counting everything, and that is making you weak. I know you have led the people to fight, and the assignment I'm giving to you, you have already been mentored for that. Because when Joshua was al- when Moses was alive, he made you lead the people. So when it comes to the experience, you have it. When it comes to the qualities, you have it. But what is stopping you is that fear. Is that fear? Let me tell you something. Don't be afraid of the master's program you are doing. Don't be afraid of the next level. Oh, I want to do a PhD, but you're afraid. What if I go to do a PhD? How is the PhD like? Can I be able to do it? Don't be afraid. Don't let that fear creep you. Don't let that uncertainty just let you call in. God knows it. God knows that, yes, that is the difficulty you are facing. That is why tonight he's asking us that let us be assured that he is with us. And God's assurance to us in moments of uncertainty is this statement, I am with you. You see, God's big statement to anybody who feels like I am in a moment of despair, I'm in a moment of throwing in the towel. I'm in a moment of uh, unability to do something. The only response God gives to the person is not that you have solved the problem. It's not that you have conquered. But the, the solution he gives to the person, I am with you. I am with you. And that's what he told Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, in the life of the Israelites, when they went to Babylon and God had promised them that I'm going to bring you back, the people were having uh, doubt about God's promise. And so God in Isaiah 41 verse 10, he said to them, he says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. So when the people were afraid, when the people were in dismay, when the people were trembling, God's response to them was, I am with you. Which means that when God releases a statement, I am with you, it carries that potency to be able to move you from where you are to where you will go next. Why? Because it is he who gave you the assignment. So if he is with you, then you have already finished it. So God's response to your moment of despair is, I am with you. I don't know, but today, God is ministering to someone. Now listen, don't look at the responsibility. Don't look at the assignment, but look at me. And when he says, I am with you, what he's trying to say is that don't keep focusing on the assignment. Don't keep focusing on the challenges, but keep focusing on me. Because when you're with someone and you don't pay attention to that person, that person feels neglected. 
So when somebody keeps reminding you, I am with you, especially when you are with your partner and the person tells you, I am with you, then it means that you are neglecting the person. So he said, when he says, I am with you, then he's trying to say that don't pay attention to the assignment. Don't pay attention to the challenges. Pay attention to me. That is why the Bible says, looking up unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy set ahead of him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Are you following me? So when he says, I am with you, then he's saying that, shift your attention to me, because I am your solution. So it is not what he gives that is your solution. It is he that is your solution. Oh, hallelujah. In Zephaniah 3.17, God also spoke to the people and he said, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the lives of the Israelites, when they were in despair, when they were in challenge, God's response to them again was, I am with you. I am the warrior. I am with you. Now in Joshua, the Bible says that once Joshua was about to go to battle, and then he saw the commander of the Lord's army come to him, and he went, he says, are you for us? Or are you against us? God is with you. He has come to fight for you. He has come to take the battle over and fight for you. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the challenge or how big the, the challenge is. What the most important thing is that God is with you. Amen. Let's go to, I want to end and we'll pray by just narrowing what are the implications of the word I am with you. When someone says I am with you, when God says I am with you, what does it imply? What is the benefit? What is, what is the weight it carries? I'm going to just mention four of them and then we'll use that to pray. Hallelujah. Now the first is that when God says, I am with you, then it means that you will have supernatural favor. Oh, you didn't say amen. amen. Oh, you didn't say amen. amen. Now let's look at Genesis 39, 2 to 4, 21 to 23. It says, the Lord was with Joshua. Oh, sorry, ah, see, I'm with Joshua too much. The Lord was with jo Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him. Pay attention to how the scripture is written. When, they, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joshua found favor in his eyes. Sorry. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owed. The Lord was with him. So that is at 21 to 23. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Now, this scripture is telling us that if the Lord is with you, if you have the presence of God with you, then you go to every place with favor. Now, places that people will go and they'll be rejected because the Lord is with you. When you go there, you'll be accepted. Amen. Joseph entered into Potiphar's house as a slave. He was bought to come and serve. And when he entered into Potiphar's house, every protocol of promotion, every protocol of elevation was changed because of one statement. The Lord was with him. 
Now, it doesn't matter what people have to go through to become what you are, you are looking at becoming or to become what God has promised that you become. The most important thing is that God is with you. And as long as God is with you, it is an enough confidence you should have. If it is PhD you have to do, you don't have to be worried because it is God who has said, I am with you. So it is God who has to break all protocols for you, not you. Yours is to apply, but God will do the work for you. Are you following me? Now, when he also went to prison, so it wasn't enough that God was with him. But when God was even with him, he even had to fall into a, a trouble for him to go into prison. And even in the prison, that call and that grace upon him didn't change. Even in the prison, God still let, because God was with him, he was still promoted and he was over everything. That favor moved wherever he goes. What do we learn here? Now listen, irrespective of the fact that God is with you, doesn't neglect you from challenges and from struggles. Now, we see two things. God is with, Josh, uh, with, is with Joseph. He seems that, oh, my brothers sold me, so I'm from, from frying pan to fire. So my brothers have sold me. Now that I've come to a place that I, I'm chilling now, God is with me. I'm prosperous, and I'm, I'm over everybody. I'm promoted. He enters into uh, Potiphar's wife's you know, situation, and he has to go to prison. So he goes into struggle again. Some of us, we may doubt. In those moments where we are going through challenges, some of us, maybe we are in our second year, about to finish, and we are now in that moment where we are beginning to doubt, God, are you even able to do that next thing for me? Maybe we have entered into some, some, some Ds and some Es and some Fs, and we have started questioning God. God, ah, you are the one who said I should take this step. Why is it that I'm failing this, these courses? So you begin to doubt the ability of God. But God sent me to tell you today, that his promise of I'll be with you doesn't neglect the fact that you go through some challenges. It will be difficult for you. The course will be difficult. Yes, God has said, I'll be with you. Although you're doing biomedical engineering, although you're doing petroleum engineering, God has said, I'll be with you. But when you go to the class, you'll be confused. <laughs> yes, you, be, you are doing mathematics. You go to class, you'll be confused. But when you come back, as long as he has said, I'll be with you, he will give you extra grace to understand. So it will take some people one hour to finish, but maybe the process God is taking you through, it will take you two hours, three hours, four hours. That is your struggle you have to go through. But at the end of the day, it will pay off. Because if Joseph had been in Potiphar's house, he may not, his talent may not have been seen to become the prime minister. Because that was what God destined for him. Don't let your challenges make you question the presence of God with you. God is with you and you will carry the favor. Tonight I pray that as many of us who are looking for jobs, we are about finished, we are looking for jobs. As many of us who are seeking for internships at certain vantage places, I pray that tonight, because God is with us, may you carry that supernatural favor. May every application that you have sent in for any job, may you receive the supernatural favor of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Second thing is that when you carry the presence of God, when God is with you, then You'll be successful in all things. Everything you do, you succeed in it. He says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but he had departed Saul. So he sent David away. Please, can you help me? I think my laptop is off. The next slide. Thank you. Thank you. So Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns in 
everything he did, I want you to pay attention to this. Sorry, you have gone forward one bit. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. Can I submit something to you as a student? In everything that you do, if the Lord is with you, you can never fail. Because he said, you'll be the head and never the tail. So when God is with you, you are not the failure. You would always succeed at everything that you do. As parents, when your children go to school and it looks like they're having challenges, don't keep confessing that, oh, they're, um, let me say cheese more. Oh, they're born. No, this is the moment that you have to confess that because the Lord is with you, you will succeed. Keep confessing the positive things and you see changes in the life of the person. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. Now, when the Lord is with you, you carry supernatural protection and preservation. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4, it says, But now, this is what the Lord says. He will create you, Jacob. He will form you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Pay attention to this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The next scripture says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One, your God. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Let's go to the next scripture, and I'll put everything together. Psalm 23 verse 4, he says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The next scripture. Daniel 3, 24 to 26. Let's pick the last one. Elder, let's pick the last one. The next slide. Psalm 3, verse 3. It says, because you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Now let me put everything together for you. Now, what the scripture is trying to tell us is that God promised the Israelites that he says, when you are going through the waters, I will be with you. So when you are in that challenging moment, I will be with you. And when the fire is, is, is about to burn you, you will not be burned. Now, in Psalm 3 verse 3, he's saying that the Lord is a shield around me. So when he says that I will be with you when you go through the, the deepest valleys. I, I will be with you when you go through challenges. Then what he's saying is that I am a shield around you. So it doesn't matter the troubles and the challenges. I have covered you. I have been a shield with you. So when God says that I am with you in a moment of despair, what he's saying is that I have covered you. I am your shield. I have protected you. Listen, the Bible said that we should not be afraid of the arrows that fly by night or by day. Do you know why? God didn't place emphasis on the source of the arrow. But the emphasis is on the fact that do not be afraid. Why? I am your shield. For the Lord your God is with you. So I am your shield, so don't be afraid. I am your shield, so don't be afraid. So when the Lord is with you, he gives you access to supernatural protection. It doesn't matter what the people are, wherever they are mentioning your name. As long as God is with you, you have the protection. Hallelujah. The final point, and then we are praying. The final point. Exodus 33, 13 to 14. When God is with you, 
He gives you rest. Rest from every struggle. Rest from every pain. Rest from every torment. God gives you rest. He says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. The next scripture, 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Chapter 15. When we go, let's take time and read the scripture. Now, this was a moment where the people had disobeyed God and God was angry with them. And the Bible says that when God came to them, he told them, the prophet said to them, that listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. That is not the most important thing. The most important thing for me is the 15. Since all Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly. So God says, if you are with me, I will be with you. And he was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. On every side. So rest on every side. Whether it's academics, whether it's family life, whether it's marriage, whether it's your children's life, God will give you rest on every side. Why? Because the Lord is with you. Because the Lord is with you. Tonight, God sent me to come speak to someone who is in a moment of transition. Maybe you have just a few months. Your, your visa will be expired. Maybe today is the, um, you are in your last moment. You are leaving Norway. Maybe you are going to Ghana. It's a new transition for you. Tonight, God has sent me to people who are making transitions. And God wants to assure you that I am with you. That I am with you. It is not any human being that is with you. I, the Lord, I am with you. And I will be with you. Let us be up on our feet.